Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, here we go. Another edition of Movie Maniacs. Actually, we took a 4th of July weekend off, and Mike Rags and Chuck Curry back. Hope you're listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights, whatever you consider midnight at Saturday being on Global 1190 and 107.5 FM. Lots to get to today. A couple new movie reviews to talk about. And, and uh, you know, we lost one of the great actors of a, uh, directors of a generation. And Chuck and I are going to look back at the career of Richard Donner, who really has three classic i mean not just great films classic films to talk about and we'll talk about his career a little bit later on uh and uh, let's bring him in right now chuck curry you had a couple weeks off you should be reinvigorated and, and you might you probably saw a ton of movies over the last two weeks <laughs> is that a loaded question of what's the story <laughs> uh, yeah i've seen a bunch of movies off my tv at the ice cream parlor yeah. i tell you this streaming this let me tell you about this streaming it's HBO Max and Netflix and yeah. Disney Plus. There's a lot of content to watch. A lot of lot, lot of new content. Can I just jump in real quick? No, not if it's I something ha- about an old movie that everybody's no, seen. No, 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 no. no. Well, I, I've watched, you know, I was been watching. Um, See, I saw the Tomorrowland. I saw the Tomorrow War and I also yeah. saw. Uh, I've been watching Pierce the Mighty Duck. I've been one. watching the Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney oh, Plus. Oh, my God. We're doing the wrong podcast. I also saw Fear Street Part One, uh, the uh, Tomorrow War. I saw. I, yeah. I saw False Positive on Hulu. I saw three brand new movies, and you watched the Mighty Ducks TV series. Okay, but what do Have you want you to talk it? about? No, it's very. Uh, it's very Disney, but I do I, enjoy watching. Emilio I do. A, I do. A, I do a movie podcast. I don't do a TV series on really? a Disney Plus streaming podcast. If you okay. want to do that, we could. It's all right. I, it's, you're it's, hot off the John Stamos show. You want to go? Well, right I like that. Actually, I like that one better. Yeah, well, it's but it's it's, my, it's, enter- it's entertaining. It is. It is. But I, the John Stamos was better scripted, tighter. This is still fun. So Amelia uh, Estevez is not going to threaten John Stamos for an Emmy Award. Is that what I don't think so. No, not but I, I enjoy watching him. Any buzz he looks good, all- though. He's aged well. Any buzz at all for Black Widow? You feel any like I've got to see this movie? I'm going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You. Do, I was right? going to see it last night and then I got disrupted. We booked it at the theater I'm involved in. Here's the good news for the industry. They're saying that it's going to do between 80 and 90 million in box office domestically. That's really good. And they do also a lot of the trades say that because it's on Disney premium, that is stifling some of its weekend box office. So we would have did it would have did more. So there's no way that the $20 you pay on Disney plus they count that towards the box office. They don't. Hmm. That's interesting. They don't disclose that. But there's got to be a way to, to count that number and, and disclose they know it. Somehow. I don't think they really care if we know. Yeah. That's a little bit frustrating, but that it is, is what it is. Well, you know, it's interesting with podcasts. They do the same stuff with Spotify and uh, Apple Plus. They never really tell you the actual numbers of streamers. And they, don't you know, it's interesting. That. I just want to bounce. And I was, I was reading, you know, because uh, one of my go to sites for movies is Deadline Hollywood Daily. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was reading. I clicked on an article. Barry Diller, former 
head of uh, Paramount and 20th Century Fox. It was one of those like click articles, a headline. It said, he said, quote, movies are now over. And then really, when I read the article, what he's saying, movies as we know it, as we know it right. are over. And I agree with him. I mean, theaters are going to come back, but not in the same not in the same way. They, they, they almost have to condense to a point, which you bring up all the time. Streaming, I think, is here to stay. There's so much content on streaming. It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you another story. Tomorrow War, which you're going to talk about in a second, right? It premiered last week on Amazon Prime, right? Right. So it was the number one streamed. It was the number one streamed movie across all platforms, domestically and internationally. And already they're negotiating a deal with Chris Pratt, the director, Chris McKay and the and the actors involved to come back for a sequel. They want to franchise it, which tells you that streaming for these backers, whoever the investors, the entities, it has to be financially successful. It has to be. Well, let's talk about that because um, I enjoyed the movie. I did. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it is a little long. Um, mm-hmm. but I did appreciate Should it how, be in theaters. Yes or no. Yeah. I think it could have. Yeah. I think what I enjoyed the most about it is that the filmmakers actually, you could tell they were loving what they were doing and they were coming up with an original kind of way to tell this story. And they were having, you know, they were having fun telling it. It wasn't a Marvel movie. It wasn't a sequel. It wasn't the mm-hmm. same old crap. And I, mean, I like that. That's they good. were actually trying to develop new characters that you're actually going to, you know, kind of root for. And Chris, I heard one old- of the, I heard one of the criticisms is that Chris Pratt's character is sort of it's not the joking like um, that's the sort of guy in like he does in um Guardians. More, he's the, more he's more he's a little more straight. Net. He plays he it is. straight. There, How a straight? Lot of the, a lot of the characters around him are funnier and have the better lines. Really? But he's got okay. some good stuff. He's very likable in it. Is it a lot of action? A lot of action. The is last good 20 action? minutes. What's that? Is it good action? Yeah, it's good action. Is it I, emotional? Yes, it is. Do you emotional. want to see a follow up to this? Yeah, movie? I, would, I would see a follow up. His J.K. Simmons is really good in it. OK, um, he delivers some of the best lines and it. it does go on too long. The last 25 minutes. But I got it's interesting because if I was sitting in the theater, would I have felt differently at a two and a half hour running point for a movie like this, as opposed to I can watch it at my own pace? Did you, you know, pause I, it? No, I didn't. I actually sat through and watched it all the way through. That's good. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. I was just excited to see filmmakers actually take on a new aspect of this kind of movie. We've seen mm-hmm. it a million times before. How um, is uh, Yvonne Stravinsky? She's good. Very good. Yeah, yeah okay. she's very good. It was good to see her in that type I of like role, her. too. She's very good. Yeah, all the leads are good. I mean, it's got Can some I ask you a silly aliens. question? The aliens are good. It's it's a good movie. It's a solid Can I ask you a silly question? Film. Yeah. If you pause a movie for a half an hour and come back to it, is it really the equivalent of watching a movie the way you really need to judge it? I mean, I know it's a silly question, but it's a legitimate one. I think. Can well, tell me? I, I don't know. I don't think it changes the movie. I think it, the movie's the movie. Mm. I, 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 you know, it's OK. I mean, if, if a movie's good enough, you're not going to pause it unless something. Well, you could still. I mean, but unless something if it's really good, there's no reason to pause it. Right. I, right. You, you won't let the distractions get in your way. I you remember pausing Wonder Woman 1984 no, because I, I had to say to my I had to say to myself, is this a nightmare? 
I want to deposit, rewind it, and tell HBO I want my money back is yeah. what I wanted to do with that movie. Uh, I did enjoy it, though, um, and I would recommend it. it. Hey, look, if you have Amazon Prime, it's new content. It's an action movie that would have been in theaters. I and, know. And there's no reason why it shouldn't have been. I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't um, because these other movies that came out and failed, you could see why they weren't released in theaters. This one probably could have been. It's good enough to be in theaters um, for sure. And I didn't start. I started watching the Netflix trilogy. They started with these with the uh, Fear Street. They started in 1994, 1978 just came out very much a slasher type movie based on uh, witchcraft. That's really, really gross and very entertaining. Chuck, you'll like it because it reminds you of the old, uh, you know, 1990s will take take you back to the scream days of horror movies and then 1978 to the Friday the 13th. And then they're going to tackle some witchcraft next uh, week okay. with the third part of it. It's on Netflix. It's done really well. It reminds you of, you know, the stranger things and Netflix does have a certain style and, you know, they really dig into the nostalgia aspect of a lot of their movies, you know, Chuck. So they'll, and this one takes you back to 1994. I think you'll enjoy it. It's very scary. Um, and it's done pretty well. A lot of the young leads are really good in it, too. So I would recommend that as well. And I did watch a little bit of a schlock movie called False Positive, which starred Pierce Brosnan. And uh, what's his name? That guy, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, uh, about a woman who gets pregnant. Uh, she's actually artificially inseminated. Um, they don't know what happens is they, he's going to a fertility doctor. Pierce Brosnan plays it. And then she starts thinking that she's possessed and the, the, they're, they're trying to. It, it's like a modern day Rosemary's Baby has its moments. I wouldn't go crazy over it. It's on Hulu. I only like watching it because Pierce Brosnan's in it. But it's like I said, there's a ton of content out there, Chuck, to go see. And, you know, people are still going to see F9, right? I mean, it's doing pretty well, right? It's it's done. Well, you know, it, it's doing well. It's it cracked $100 million in, uh, in Let me ask first you this. 10 days. Yeah. How did Forever Purge do? I think it did like uh, 12 and a half million weekend number one. And surprisingly, the boss baby was released on Peacock. So if you well, have that, Com- Peacock, but as a, you have to pay. Well, I have it free because I have Comcast. If you have Comcast, you have Peacock for free and you get the boss baby for free. OK, so it you know, a lot of people in my area have Comcast. I didn't turn it on. I mean, but I wouldn't imagine that it, it, it brought in any money at the box office. Uh, I think it did like, you know, it, it, I think it did like 14. I think it's like the 14 million. Well, I guess that's okay. I I, I want to harken back. You think going forward, it's a good idea for studios to do day to day, or should they just go to theaters and then, if they want to, seventeen days out or whatever, put it on streaming? I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. The movie. I, Here's I what just, I read. They gave a release date, right? I think it's June twentieth, two thousand twenty-two, for Jurassic World Dominion, right? Yeah. So the deal. That universal cut with some of these multiplexes, they have a right after 17 days after it's in theaters for 17 days to put it on streaming also. But from what I read in the trades, it's unlikely because that movie's going to do well and there's no reason to because they want that theatrical dollar. So I think somewhere along the line, the studios are going to have to make up their mind from a business point of view. What is the best model? I still think the best model is to put it in theaters for at least two to three weeks, at least, and then stream it. Right. I think doing it the same day, I know that doing it, I think they're, they're sort of experimenting to see where, where the chips fall here and if there's a market for both. But I think one will ultimately hurt the other. And I just think it's better for the industry. Put it in theaters, let it go to theaters for 
17 days. What if there least. was a way to just, what if there was just a way to monetize the streaming and figure out them and to- count that towards box office. So the movie makers can actually make, I know but, the the, movie, but the theaters, the, the theaters, theaters don't. won't. Well, well the that's the problem. Downsize. They're just going to downsize. They're, they're going to have to. Yeah. They're going to have to. Uh, my AMC stock is only going to reach a certain peak uh, because it's just, there's not going to be enough. But at least there. if you look at the multiplexes, they, they uh, right now they have enough product. For the most part, to put on every screen, they, yes. they do, it's, not, they, it's not like they're you know playing Jurassic Park and Back to the Future on you know on, on two of eight screens or ten screens. This they have new product, which is good. I think the dead spot's going to be August, going to be a problem. Well, yeah, the down stuff, yeah, August, August the, is going to be a problem after Labor Day. September. Then it's going to get better. Yeah, and then it'll get better. Well, we'll preview that coming up with the fall schedule in a bit. And, you know, Chuck, there's a couple of previews that I did get a chance to see. I mean, D- Don't Breathe, too. You know, I'm a fan of Don't Breathe. I just yeah. saw a preview for Don't Breathe, too. And it's like, what are we doing here? It's not they almost they're making the the villain from the first one, the hero in the second. Really? One. Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw and I, I forwarded it to you yet another um, Bruce Willis action cop movie. He's second billing the Jamie King. Mm-hmm. That, that's where we've gone now with Bruce Willis movies. It's very perplexing. I, no. And I and I responded back to you in a text. It, it, it is. It's fascinating how certain. Actors have gone this route, but here's the guy. I mean, Mike, this is the star. I know of the know. greatest pure action movie ever. Die Hard, a great franchise, except for the last one. I just started rewatching. It doesn't make sense. No, and I just started watching World Trade Center, rewatching it. And I like it better the second time than the first time I saw. It was probably too close to, but Nicolas Cage is really good in that film. And the only problem I have with that film is well, it, it, it's the scope is so little. It's, it's, it's a small, scope. Yeah, it's it's a like movie. almost like a stage play. It is. Right. But I, I loved his performance in it. It was so real and gritty. That's and then, awesome. And, and it's, it's, it, again, is another one that's just, the problem with Nicolas Cage is he's done too much. When you, when you, when you do that much, yeah, direct a, DVD now streaming, but it was direct to DVD Walmart bin shelf for, for years. But you know what, though? The, the, the casting directors, they just they just like, ah, no. At least when he does these movies, I'll give him yeah. some credit. He tries to. He does. He, well, I think, I think he's taking pride in the bizarro world of yeah. Nick Cage. Where you look at these Bruce Willis movies, I mean, he's basically reading off a cue card. He's no, that's a joke. He's that's not doing a joke. I, I agree. I think there's a. I, he's reading off a cue. I, I said to you in the text also, when he shows up on set, do you think he even tries to bond with his castmate? I don't. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. I like. And what did I say to you? He probably called Jimmy King Charlize, right? He's like, OK, maybe yeah, let's go to the let's cut right. this one. But yeah, let's be honest. He's probably on set maybe a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Three I, days. His, his stuff is shot. It, it's sad. It's are sad. they even in this on the same set together? Or are they just filming? I, I Who knows? I've got a this day in movie history and then I'll and, and, a, and a movie news and then I'll throw it to yeah. you the, 20 years ago. A.I. opened up in theaters. Man, Chuck, kind I of remember a misunderstood movie came out. I think so. A too well, here's the deal. Too. A.I. was a Stanley Kubrick movie that Steven Spielberg directed. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, I enjoyed it, though. And I did watching it. It's done very well. Gigolo uh, Joe is yeah. a good character. Really sweet. Uh, Ellie Joel Osmond is really good. The, the teddy bear is really good. Narrated it's by Anthony provoking. Yeah. It's thought provoking. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Great. I liked it too. too. Yeah. And the um, other one I wanted to bring up was that Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell doing a musical pick 
Um, That's going straight to streaming too. Retelling, uh, retelling of um, a Christmas Christmas oh, Carol. Really? So, I mean, yeah. how many times has that been told? Uh, I don't know. I, I like the pairing though. Yeah. Um, it's called. One thing about Christmas theme movies, they last forever, good or bad. Yeah, that is right? true. It's very much rewatchable. Watch for it. Um, it's called Spirited. Um, they're two very appealing actors yeah. who ham it up on the big screen. Yes. Um, that's all I have for movie news. Um, and now Space Jam 2 is next week, right? And that's HBO Max, correct? Yes. So day, yeah. that's another one day to day. And then um, Escape Room Tournament of Champions is the other major release next weekend. So mm -hmm. Black Widow better. I got one this week in uh, movie history. Forrest Gump at theaters. Wow. Now, that was the same year, 1994. And we talked about this before on the show. Think about this, Mike. All nominated for Best Picture. Same year, Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction. Now, those three movies right there are better than anything that's won the Oscar in the last five years. Hands down. Close. It's not even not close. Even close. Right? Not even so, close. I mean, you could easily argue. People could argue Pulp Fiction should have won. People could argue Shawshank should have won. I might make that argument. But those are three really good movies that will stand the test of time and play for generations to come. And that's really uh, what movies should be about that are considered great movies or win Oscars. For some reason, I was rooting for Forrest Gump and I was glad it won, probably because Robert Zemeckis and everybody. Well, it was involved. the most main. It was the most yeah. mainstream yeah. It made a lot of money, had a great score. And let's be honest, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's and as great sure. a career that as he's had. That might be the defining role of, of Tom Hanks. And before we go into Fast Five, I didn't include him. He is 65 years old this weekend, Chuck. Mm -hmm. um, and we did a show on Tom Hanks a while Hard back. Believe. Hard to believe. And he's yeah. still he, he's not that old. I mean, he's, no, still, he's, he's, he's got, got a, a lot of juice in the tank, a lot of juice in the tank. And News of the World came out last year. He, he did a couple of movies, actually, last he year. He did a couple for streaming. Yeah, for streaming. The submarine the Gray, movie. Yeah, Greyhound. Yeah, that was good as well. Uh, How many uh, people you think seen it, though? Let's be honest. Not uh, many. Well, Apple. What, Plus. what streaming service was that? Apple again? Plus. That was Apple Plus. Um, and remember, not two years ago, he was in a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We both loved and. Uh, he Let me ask you a question. Woody this is again. not this is not movie related, but it's all but it, it, it's, it is entertainment related. I, I just read before we we went on that Apple uh, Apple TV is negotiating with the NFL about mm -hmm. getting some Sunday games. Oh, that's going to happen. That's now, gonna, what, Amazon how, Prime already gets games, too, you know, so, they so they're going to take some games from Sunday and, and put it on. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, NFL, this is really going to benefit that's the a NFL. New, that's a new revenue stream for the I NFL. I know it is big so, time. And they're going to leave direct TV that the, the, the package is going to be gone. And I uh, did not know when. And this year's the last year of the NFL package. They're going to ship it to somewhere else. Wow. So and it could be an Amazon Prime or something like that. Say, yeah, we'll take it or Yahoo, something like that. I mean, listen, Goodell's not stupid. You know that he's going to tap into that for sure. Um and I, I know uh, you have anything else for movie news, because I know you wanted to bring up um, Richard Roundtree to get things started on our fast five. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. All right. Richard Roundtree, fast five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's 79 years old. Uh, Shaft in 1971, 73 Shaft in Africa. I thought he was a really cool, really cool. Great look on screen. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had a really good look. Yeah. In the early 70s, a black. Explo you know, black, what do they call it? The black uh, exploitation, black exploitation. exploitation. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's a really good shaft. But it's what's interesting in 74. I know we talk about earthquake a lot, but, you know, I was re I read an article not too long ago that Joe Namath was originally considered to play that role 
I don't know if it'd be the same name, but Miles Quaid, right? The stunt, the motorcycle stunt guy. So the role goes to Richard Richard Roundtree, and there's that scene in Earthquake toward the end where you, his last scene where he's on the motorcycle, and after the dam burst, the water's coming, and he and he turns his head, he looks at the water, and that's it. So you never know when you watch that movie in '74 or you watch it today. Did the character live or die? Right. Having said that, there was a script floating around a few years after Earthquake, which was Earthquake 2, that was unproduced. That was supposed to be an earthquake in San Francisco where George Kennedy's character, uh, Victoria Principal's character, and Miles Quaid, Richard Roundtree's character, are the three headliners in that script. So I'd have to believe that he lived. I always like to think that he lived. But the fact that they... The I fact that always... the director, writer, Mark Robson wrote that where you have a main character in the film, not a main, main character, but he's a main enough character in the ensemble. And you don't know what happened to him. Well, you kind of figured he lived, right? Yeah, I, You I figure that because, you know, yeah. he gets he's a stunt guy. Yeah. But you don't know. Like, it's sort of like, oh, there's no resolution. Right. The end scene should have been him saving the kid, which was a really good scene. Um, when uh, when they saved the Geneve Bougel's son, what do you? Like, like, I know we we veer into a lot of different things, but what do you what do you think if Earthquake in '74 starred James Caan because he was he was considered mm-hmm. seriously James Caan instead of Charlton Heston, Joe Namath instead of Richard Roundtree? Yeah. We, we, well, I, I mean, don't know about knows? Joe Namath. Uh, he's he did some stuff back in the day, but yeah, he did it. But James Caan as the lead in Earthquake would have been a really interesting movie. Yeah, it would have been a little different. That's for sure. You know, you could you watch a movie back in those days like Thief or The Killer Elite? I mean, he's very good in those kind of movies, but they're not big. Like you never look at him. He's like, oh, he's going to headline a universe. No, 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 I, I agree. Yeah. But it, it would have been interesting. You know, and I, I said this to you when you don't respond to a lot of my texts, which I find annoying. But I, I was mean, watching, you know, HBO Max added the Planet of Apes movies, the original. So I'm watching Beneath the Planet of Apes on my, you know, 65 inch 4K in the ice cream parlor. Right. And James Franciscus is the star of that movie. And I'm saying to myself when I'm watching it, because I read that they wanted Burt Reynolds uh, originally to play that role. And boy, that would have been really super interesting now in 2001, watching that movie. Burt Reynolds was the lead. And then Charlton Heston pops up in that yeah. last act and they're and they're and they're fighting. And that would have been. That would, would have been it. so interesting. Yeah, right? I would have loved it. Yeah, but I love Franciscus in it. He's too. really good. He's yeah. he's really good. And they cast him because he sort of looked like Heston. He had yeah. like you know yeah, he sort of had look. that he had sort of the same same look. That's why they that's why they did it. But it's interesting when when Franciscus character is fighting Heston's character when the apes you know, have that mind control. Yeah. Not the apes, the mutants have that yeah. mind control. It's sort of weird because like you 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 sort of rooting for Franciscus characters because you're following them the whole movie. Yeah. And then Heston pops up and it's, it has it gives you a weird feeling. It's a bizarre little bit, a little bizarre. But boy, that is a but is balls to the wall. Weird beneath the planet apes. But I got to tell you, the second half of that movie, I, I, I dig the hell out of yeah, it. Yeah. Once, especially once Heston, when it goes is. underground, it's yeah. like this movie's whacked. It takes a lot of chances, which is no, it I takes like crazy about. chances. Yeah, yeah, and I chances. was telling my daughter. In the 70s, in that time period. And same as an earthquake, they use a lot of matte paintings. Like when they're underground, you see uh, Times, you see Times Square, Radio yep. City Music Hall, the bus. It's all matte paintings, and it looks fine. Yeah. In yeah. earthquake, the whole background in earthquake it's after the, is, is matte paintings. Pa- is yeah. matte paintings. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
Well, uh, Richard Roundtree, to not to wrap up the subject real quick, he was also yeah. he's got a small role in Seven. He plays the police commissioner too. I always thought it was kind of cool that they would cast him. And he came and, back for the Shaft movies with the Shaft back, with yeah, Sam Jackson, it, it, which he's part of the universe. He's still Shaft, but then and he always looks young related. too. He never is really he aged, aged really well. well. Yeah, he's he aged, aged really well. well. Well, Brian Dennehy, we lost a couple of years ago, Chuck. Um, actually, last year around this time, April fifteenth, he would have been 82, 83 this yeah. coming year and we talked wow. about him a lot i mean tommy boy's dad is pops to mind and yeah but he's a great villain in uh the original uh first, first blood, blood yeah Rambo. he is he's not you know it's hard be- he's a villain he's a but- great villain in that yeah. I, I you understand his point of view to a point yeah he but- went a little bit over the top but he- yeah but but he's unlikable he, yeah he's uh he is unlikable and not as he's unlikable not a good as- person now but i and he's done a lot of he did a lot of great work and we lost him but uh, I love when Bo Derek comes out of the pool and Tommy boy says, is that for me? He goes, no, that's for me, son. I just love that scene. Uh, how about Chris Cooper, Chuck? One of the great character actors of all time. He is uh, 70 this weekend. He's just one of those, you know, I, I don't know if I have a specific movie. You know, the Patriot pops in my head. Yeah. It's right, a good with one. Mel Gibson and, you know, oh, October he, Sky. He's, always, pops been, to my yeah, head. he's I, always been good. I loved him as the dad in October how old Sky. Is he? 70. I just yeah, said it getting, earlier. Yeah, thanks up there thanks a little, for listening. But- well, it's uh, getting, you know, it's, it's getting late, Mike. He won a he won a Academy Award for adaptation. He's very good in that movie with yeah. Nicolas Cage as well. Um, all right. How about this one? Billy Crudup, who uh, just starred in the uh, the new TV series. Um, I go with Big Show. Fish. Here's the thing about Billy Crudup. OK, originally, I believe he was James Cameron, James Cameron's first pick as Jack Dawson in Titanic. Wow. That would have been interesting, huh? Yeah. And I, whatever. I, I don't know right if he way. turned it down, but. If he turned it down, boy, oh, boy, that was a horrible career move. He's uh, he's 53. Um, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, you're right. Big Fish. I loved him in that. I did. Um, he's also good in Sleepers, right? That was a decent flick. Yeah, the, I think he, Big Fish is an underrated movie. Uh, Big Fish is Tim Burton's best movie, if you ask me. I, you're real? I okay. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. it. And Billy Crudup's Mission Impossible 3. He's got a good role in that as well. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Smith's mostly a TV actor with the L.A. Law. He really yeah, saw him into the Blue. heights. I, I, I really discovered Jimmy Smith's big time in NYPD Blue. Yeah, he took yeah. over for David Caruso, and I think he made the show better. I, I actually enjoyed him a lot in L.A. Law, too. I thought he was very good on that show. Um, yeah, but Into the Heights is probably I mean, he's so good in that film. He the, as the, uh, the, the you know, he's good. He's a good actor. Lock. Yeah, he's a very good actor. And last but not least, Chuck, uh, how about Kevin Bacon, the guy, another guy who never ages. He's 63 years old. Believe well, it he's not. got the most iconic death scene almost in any horror movie in the, in the first Friday the 13th movie. He does. Right. That would get an NC-17 now. I mean, that's really crazy. Shocking. Yeah. You know, he's, he's to me, he's always going to be Ren McCormick, though. For Yeah, I agree. It's I, for I, loose. It's I, for I, loose. He's done some great work, though, including JFK. He's got some good scenes in that Apollo. 15. Even in, even in a throwaway movie back in the day, like uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, like yeah. he's just enjoyable. And, and of course, Tremors. Tremors is great. Mystic River. I mean, here's a guy too. these these casting directors. know you put him in a movie. He's automatically likable, right? It's not too many times he plays a villain. I know a couple of years ago he did a movie called Cop Car. He's the villain, but he's in Patriots Day, too. Remember, he's a, one of the uh, FBI agents in that. He's, he's had just, a great career, Mike. A really, really good career. It's he's a great doing, career. Yeah. And uh, curious. And you never really he did got that the, show to following on Fox. Following, I thought that was, yeah. 
was, people- was I could not believe how violent that, that show was. And I liked it a lot, though. I know a lot of people like his other show, City on a Hill. I think oh, yeah, I hear good things that, about it. The good things about that. And too. he's how old now? So he he is uh, 63 years old, believe it or not. Uh, we don't get younger, no? No, we don't get younger. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And he's going to be in Toxic Avenger. Maybe. Yeah. He's a guy, too. He never got the critical accolades. It's like, you know, he's only been nominated one time for uh, for an Emmy chuck and that was for uh, a movie called taking chance and uh it's really interesting because he's done some great great work um speaking of doing great work sad news that richard donner passed away chuck and here's a guy we're going to get to his filmography here who was uh, 91 years old but hadn't worked since 2006 um which is really odd uh 15 years but there's a lot of filmmakers in the heydays of the 70s and 80s you know, like the Barry Levinson's of the world, the Francis Ford Coppola's. These guys just stopped making movies. You know, the industry changed, I guess, too much for them to be as successful as they used to be. And they well, I, you know, listen, we've talked about this many uh, Francis Ford Coppola. His career is a perplexing one because you could he's he made iconic. I mean, he made masterpieces yeah. early on. Yeah. And he didn't sustain, he couldn't sustain it long term. Not long term, not like Spielberg. I'm not, you know, he had a decade. I'm talking decades. But even guys like uh, John Badham and uh, Peter Hyams and all these guys, you know, they just you don't see him making movies anymore. Richard Donner was one of those guys. And if you go back, he got his start on TV, did a lot of Westerns, wanted Dead or Alive, The Rifleman, Have Gun, Will Travel. Um, did a lot of TV stuff, did a lot of t- Twilight Zone episodes too, Chuck, uh, as well. He did seven Twilight Zone episodes. Richard Donner did? Yeah. Richard I didn't know Donner, that. Yeah. And uh, wow. did a lot of TV series, did a couple of The Fugitives. Um, he, he did uh, did a, a lot of great stuff on TV. And then yeah. the first time I remember seeing a movie with him as the director was in 1976, The, the Omen. Yeah, The he, Omen. He, I mean, that's his first real big time movie. And, and it was you know, a big time movie. We're going to talk about some great, We're going to talk about some great movies he's done, but this has got to be in his top five, right? Well, he's done, I would say, five movies. Well, let's go one at a time because we're going to yeah, hit them all. But, but he's done. He's done a handful of movies that are we'll live a forever. big part of pop culture. Yeah, they'll live forever. Big part. I would put this one as one of them. Yeah. You don't think so? No, no, I, I, I think you don't it, see this as a horror classic. Um, I got to tell you, I did a revival of it about five years ago. I hate I, I didn't think it held up well. Really? That was one of the few. And I've done one hundred and fifty classic movie revivals on the big screen. Right. It was only a, I could only count on a couple fingers, a couple films. I felt I just didn't hold up the way I wanted. Interesting. The Omen was one of them. Interesting. Well, that was nice. By the fact, I love Gregory Peck. Yeah, he's really good in it, too. And uh, what Lee Remick. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he followed the Omen up. With back to back, maybe the greatest origin superhero movie of all time, and that's Superman. And people who listen to this podcast know how much we love Superman, and we'll give him credit for Superman too. Although we like the original cut a little bit better, um, but he basically started. Oh yeah, I mean, really, he, the, the superhero- blueprint of Superman too is his. Having said that, the Richard Lester cuts better because yeah. Donner's cuts unfinished. Yeah, and I and, and I, I just like the Richard Lester cut. I I. I and people who knock the Lester cut over the Don, I don't agree. But, but you got to give uh, Richard Donner a lot of credit for the original Superman. Yes, it was absolutely. A, it was Listen, a long it opened the time. door. It opened the door for something epic. Yeah, and he, and it was and it's to this day the scope of that movie is epic. 
you know, the scene we talk about this, the scene on the on the cornfield where Clark says goodbye to his mother. Yeah. And that glaring John Williams music and this sweeping camera shot. It's and, incredible. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and he took the time to establish characters. He didn't care that he spent millions of dollars on two actors that really weren't in it that much. He, he casted Superman perfectly. And You've got to give him credit well. for finding Christopher Reeve and and saying he's my Superman. 100%. 100%. I mean, that's Richard Donner all the way. Um, and some great action set pieces, a perfect Lois Lane, really well cast. And, uh, and, and listen, we never know if it's if it's, you know, you're taking a chance when you're casting a an unknown like or a Christopher Reeve, same way as, you know, Zack Snyder cast, you know, for the most part, an unknown to a lot of people, Gal Gadot yeah. is Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. The one thing he did, say what you want about Zack Snyder, that was a gutsy casting decision in a home run. Well, he did. Well, having um, Cavill, Cavill was the nobody really know who he was. Yeah, either. no, and he's really good too. He's but really good, like yeah. Christopher Reeve was like born to play Superman, and in that decade, he's just you couldn't find. It just was. Chuck, I would say he is Superman, right? Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people argue. Clark Kent. A lot of people argue who Batman is, right? The best one. I mean, there's no yeah. argument for Superman. There is one and only. Yeah, that, I mean, and, Henry Cavill's really he's good, good. They're too. They're all but, good. Even but, the, but Christopher Reeve was Superman. He's Superman. He'd follow up Superman with a movie I like, a very small movie called Inside Moves, uh, which starred a great character actor, John Savage, who becomes a, a ridden in a wheelchair. He, and then he, he tries I don't to remember commit, it as well as you do. I he tries to commit suicide and he yeah. hangs out at this bar with a bunch of malcontents and he runs into David Morse, who wants to be a professional NBA player, strikes up a friendship. And it, it's a very small movie, but I enjoy that movie from 1980. Then uh, from 1980, he'd move on from there, Chuck. And um, boy, oh, boy, talk about a misfire. Tell me what you thought of the toy in 1982. Um, I didn't first, see it in the movie theater. I did not see it in the all, movie theater. First of all, there's no remnants. Like you watch this, you would not know it's a Richard Donner movie at all. Number yeah. one, right? So you got these two bombastic comedic comedic. Really, it, it, that's what you call uh, that's a high, high concept, concept movie, yep. right? Yep. They cast uh, an iconic legend, right, Jackie Gleason, and uh, and a uh, at the time a wildly popular comic actor, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. Would they be able to make that movie today, Chuck? With the no, no, right? I mean that because that there's a lot of overtones of that movie is that just it, it doesn't work and it makes it so much more unfunny. In yeah. two years. Three years later, Chuck, he wouldn't find his way um, cast. Matthew Broderick probably miscasts him in Lady Hawk, which also starred Michelle Pfeiffer and Rutger Hauer. Kind it's of an a, interesting movie. Yeah, kind of a, a, a Lord of the Rings type movie before Lord of the Rings was even made into a movie. Um, yeah. Just a weird movie. It's uh, a weird movie. Fantasy film. I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Me but neither. that's but that same year he'd hit gold. As uh, and again, a lot of it has to do with casting and finding the right script from Chris Columbus. But the cast of Goonies really makes the Goonies a, one of his all time great classic movies. And, and there's no doubt. I mean, that movie will be generational forever. And I said to you when we were texting, when you actually did respond, beside Christopher Reeve, I mean, the casting of Ann Ramsey is Mama Fratelli is iconic. I mean, that woman. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, you could not cast better. No, and it's great. But think about casting all the kids. 
Um, at the same thing, I mean, even Joe Pantoliano and uh, no, and, I mean and, that, that movie's so well cast. Uh, Matusak is sloth. I mean, yeah, that movie was so well cast. It's a lot of fun. A lot of uh, families can watch it together. That's um, good emotion. Great emotion. Great score. Uh, it's just uh, and and the fact that people still pine for a sequel 37 years after the fact, yeah. it, it just goes to show you. And now, you know, it's kind of a bittersweet now that he's gone that, you know, if they ever do make something to follow it up, he won't be a part of it. Although in, in, in the hearts and minds of most of the actors and fans, he will be. And I will say maybe his best movie is the one right after that. And it's the really gritty first real big time buddy cop movie. Um, a lot more R-rated than the other Lethal Weapon movies, but Lethal Weapon, the original Chuck, is a hell, and I mean a hell, of a cop movie. And it works on so many levels. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, that was still a, that was a time where the buddy cop movie was it's really new. It was kind of yeah, new, but he it, it was it became its own genre. Yeah, right. He made it genre. And yep, he made he a genre, and, and that casting, that ca- that casting was great. And you you could argue. You know, Mel Gibson in those in like the first couple, he 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 just looked great. Like yeah, the, he was, he, and he's so talented. Well, people, listen, the first we talk the, about this all the time. People, I, I can't defend some of the things Mel Gibson's done. No, no. but on camera and as a direct, uh, he the guy's great. I think yeah. so. And his Martin Riggs in the first one is a lot different than the Martin Riggs character from here on out. But let's, yeah, but I, yeah, and we'll talk. I know we're going to bounce in each sequel, but Lethal Weapon Two is to me. One of the best sequels ever made. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but a, but a tremendously different tone. It is. Um, and of, but it was it's so much. That movie so much. Yeah, it's different in tone. It's just so much fun. We'll get to that in one second because he yeah. did a movie in between Lethal Weapon and Lethal yeah. Weapon 2. And we're both fans of it. Although at the time when it was released, he got scathed. And so did the lead actor. But Scrooge has lived to tell the test of time, Chuck, because it's a classic Christmas movie. What's really interesting about Scrooge is is because I've done revivals of it. It's overproduced, no doubt. There's too much money thrown at it. It just looks like it, it just has a the high production value. Bill Murray, like what he does on almost every set, didn't get along with Donner. They constantly were fighting. I'm sure it was a tough shoot, but that movie, like a fine wine, has gotten better each year. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a better film than when it was first released back in 1988. I do. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue. That's for sure. It, it's just so much fun to watch. Um, the, the and Karen Allen's really good in that movie. Well, She's really likable. And and the fact they bring in Joe Pesci, who's got a perfect Leo gets character. I mean, I'm thinking of Leo Weapon 2, but, yeah. um, you know, Scrooge has got a lot of heart. Yeah. And so does Lethal Weapon 2 has got a lot of heart, too. And they bring in this other character, you know, Leo gets who, you know, let's face it, Joe Pesci should have got an Oscar nomination for best. It's a great character. He's it's a great character. He'd follow that up with a third lethal weapon movie in 1992. So, you know, if you take a step back and you look at these movies from afar, I know you're not a big lethal weapon three fan, um, but well, I, I think lethal weapon three is the least of the four. Four, I think, is really good and underrated. The fight scenes in in four with de- uh, uh Gibson, Glover, and Jet Lee. I mean, they had to get banged up. That they're intense. Yeah, there's some good scenes in that. This do really good. Jet but Lee's I think a great the farther you get away from the series, Chuck, and I know they were talking about keep making of those movies yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they get better with time. Lethal Weapon. Oh no, no. Listen, ever listen. 
generations to pop those movies on a Blu-ray player or stream, and they're going to be entertained by those movies. Well, and TNT, and TNT and TBS made a living out of the show. Yeah. Them too. By the way, in between the Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, he did an interesting movie. The tone of the movie's way off, very dark, a radio flyer, which starred uh, Joe Mazzello, remember, and Elijah. That was Wood, very controversial. Abuse kids. Tom yeah. Hanks is actually it's a, a weird movie. It's a really dark movie. Yeah, um, I, it, it's it, it, I would argue it's was ill advised. Well, they couldn't market it. it right? There was no it way could, to market it. Was unmarketable. A movie like that. Yeah, um, really dark movie. Lorraine Bracco was a star in that as well. Um, look, you and I are probably I mean, we like Maverick, right? Maverick was a good movie. It Maverick's was a, fine. It's fun. It's a nice entertainment. Yeah. It's his next movie after Lethal the weapon three. He cast his buddy Mel Gibson. Yeah, Jody and Foster's. Jody Foster, Judge. Uh, uh, I think it's smart to cast James Garner, though. I think yeah. that was the, that's what made that movie at least a little more likable than it probably should have yeah, been. The probably. fact that it paid so much homage to it mm-hmm. uh, in 1994, he'd follow up with a disaster of a movie where he cast Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas as assassins. Yeah, I'm this not a, a fan. Dull movie with Julianne Moore in it as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a good movie. Um, conspiracy theory is a misfire for me. Yeah, Keep it's stuck. an interesting misfire. It is a Mel Gibson's character. That, it's you know, bizarre. It, interesting how that movie would play today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, a, you know, you, you cast Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson together. You think you're going to have a huge hit. It wasn't should. quite the huge hit that they no. they, they wanted. No. And I think a lot of it had to do with it's just too much going on. And there's no is the plots all over the place and this weird action. And he's a weird guy in it, too. He's a weird guy. It's, it's not really accessible to the mainstream that was watching it. No. And, and maybe maybe I answer my own question as to why he wasn't working as much anymore, because he'd follow up conspiracy theory. We both liked Lethal Weapon for the final installment really a lot of it has to do with casting of jet lee and, and the way knowing, that movie ends with with like flashback pictures yeah it makes you feel stuff. good good stuff yeah. but Great. didn't did it need chris rock in it probably probably not, not but but you, that's, you're trying to just keep adding that's the yeah. whole idea yeah. of sequels sometimes and then i remember reading the uh, michael crichton book timeline and i heard when this movie was coming out, i'm like oh this is exciting they're gonna make a movie out of this but Little yeah. did I know, even back in 2003, Gerard Butler was going to be ruining movies for me, Chuck. Hello. Because Paul Walker, Gerard Butler um, go back in time. Uh, and uh, Timeline was a pretty much a bomb, Chuck, of a Michael Crichton book. Yeah, it was translated. Uh, they go back to the Middle Middle Eastern times and it's just all over the place. The books is fantastic. But I should have known then, Chuck. Gerard Butler was going to ruin my time in movie theaters because he did it for the first time in 2003. And then Donner would end his career, Chuck, with a movie I liked a lot and might be the last good cop Bruce Willis movie besides the diehards. I enjoyed 16 blocks. I enjoyed it to a point. Let me let me just state the co-star in that movie. What's his name? Most deaf. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. The timeout real quick here. He got a lot of praise. That guy. I thought his acting was ridiculous. I, I just something about that. I he didn't work for me at all. Well, I thought it was interesting because he he cast David Morse again, who they did way back. There's things he, about that movie I like. Inside moves he cast. Most deaf I don't. Uh, most deaf is not great in it, but I don't think he takes away enough from the movie. Mm. David Morse is a real good villain in it, um, yeah. and Bruce Willis is a you know distraught drunk uh, cop. Could have been John McClane for that. With a very man. different look. Very different look. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Sixteen Blocks, but that was in 2006. Now is Donner it would never direct another. Yeah, movie so see, you're talking. Wow. It's a so long time. That's it, a long time. They kept um, talking about in the last couple of years. We're going to do we're, we're developing lethal weapon five. Now, I, I never believed it. 
Because I, I don't I don't believe I never believe Warner Brothers is going to say, come on back, Mel Gibson. And he, let's have 90 year old Donna direct the fifth league. It's never going to happen. Well, the interesting thing, he does get executive producer credits for X-Men and uh, X-Men Wolverine. He did. Yeah. get. Um, you know, I don't know. And he also got producer executive producer for any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's in on that as well uh, as, you know, the free Willie movies. Um, so he's had his hand here and there, uh, but never since, uh, you know, Goonies 2 has been announced as pre-production for such a long time. But, you know, Richard Donner, um, really maybe one of the most underappreciated mainstream directors that you don't even realize. Five, you said five, five classics. I would say that's about right. Never got yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Never yeah. got nominated for a Golden Globe. I mean, listen, the, it, the this thing about the money the importance of his Superman in terms of the money the industry has made with these superhero movies. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he really opened the door. He showed that you could do this on a really respectful, critically respectful mainstream America, loving this type of genre way. He, he did that. Well, and then you look at the fact that he revolutionized the buddy cop, genre as well no right? doubt did that he did it well so think and about the Goonies, it. he you know he teamed up with spielberg as a producer yeah. you know and probably the perfect director for that type of movie right if spielberg couldn't do it right yeah yeah so you got superman the two lethal weapon movies the goonies mm-hmm. and some might argue and you and i might be on that side is scrooged i mean mm-hmm. these are movies that a lot of our listeners right now have seen more yes, than a handful of multiple times, times, right? More than maybe sometimes 10, yes, some of I these agree. movies, 20 times. So, I agree. and that's a lot of great stuff from Richard Donner. We did lose a legend, even though he hadn't worked in such I a agree. long, long time. Well, Chuck, we'll go back at this again. All right. Do it again next week. Uh, it sounds good, Mike. I, I'll, 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 I'll stamp my, my ticket. I think I'll be here into the audience. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media.